This is a Technicom podcast. Every day, we get behind the wheel and rely on our cars to safely take us to wherever we want to go. Our cars are an amalgam of decades of best practices intertwined with the latest technology. And from this, we get the modern automobile, which is undoubtedly right now at the pinnacle of auto safety. But what's next? Where do we go from here? And what will it take to get there? I'm Peter Ballant from Technicon, and today we look at the car to terra project. When you look to the future of automobiles, what do you see? If you said autonomous driving, you would be in the majority. While we can all see the benefits of the partially or fully autonomous vehicles, the amount of research on the topic, which is happening at this moment, is absolutely astounding. And it's mostly in the name of safety. Imagine, for example, an in-cabin radar sensor, which knows what each passenger is doing at any given time sleeping, reading, upright, or reclined. Using these instantaneous data points, the car's computer can decide the most effective sequence of airbag deployment in case of collision. The speed at which this happens is the business of car to terra. As you can imagine, it's gotta be fast. Exploring sub-terahertz frequencies and lightning-fast communications are a few of the goals in this project. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Jonas Hansred and Yingyang Li from project partner Ericsson in Sweden, which, of course, is a global provider of ICT equipment and services. And as it turns out, our automobiles are quickly becoming complex communication centers on wheels. As such, they must be outfitted with the right stuff. Let's have a listen. Welcome, gentlemen, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Peter. You're welcome. It's great to be here. From Ericsson's point of view, why is this project important? Or in other words, what is the problem to solve? And how will the discoveries in car to terra help find answers? And we'll start with you, Jonas. Mm-hmm. Oh, thanks. This is really a key, of course, a key question. And uh, I think we all are, are aware that we have a continuous increase in the amount of digital data that we are processing in the society. And in the telecom business, we, we see the same, same kind of problem there. And uh, in particular, with the, when we have more, more and more advanced radios and more wider and wider bandwidth that we need to, to support. And we have uh, able to introduce more and more advanced features like beamforming and uh, different types of MIMO systems. We need to process a lot of data. We have already reached terabit per seconds that we need to process inside our radios. So it's a lot of data to, to transport around. Uh, and this takes both a lot of energy uh, and uh, generates a lot of, lot of heat that we need to be able to handle. So today we, we, we do this using traditional copper lines. Uh, or we can also use fiber optic technology or using lasers. The problem with copper is that it's quite limited in bandwidth. So that is the bottleneck going to wider bandwidth and more, more advanced radios. 
the problem with optics is both that it's quite an expensive technology and also that our radios uh, are becoming quite quite warm. Uh, and that is also something we see in a lot of different industries like data centers, uh, automotive. And you need to you need in order to introduce optics, optics is a quite temperature sensitive technology. It cannot you cannot have too high temperatures inside the equipment. So you need to take care of that temp the heat in some way, and that is expensive and costly if you want to use uh, lasers. So uh, with the technology that we are trying to develop in, in Quartutera, uh, here we're trying to make something that is an alternative to both copper and optical communication. Uh, we're using really high frequencies, terahertz frequencies, and are trying to guide it in plastic waveguides. So it would be an alternative to, to optical and uh, copper technology. And that would solve, if you can make that kind of technology, it would solve a lot of problems uh, for us when we are building our, our radios. Ingang, can you add anything? I just want to emphasize what Jonas is talking is the shorter range, high speed data link we are talking about within the products and so on. So let's zoom out a bit and look at the benefit of Cartutera to the citizen and technology sectors in the EU. Yingang, can you tell us more? Uh, yes, following what uh, Jonas said about the tremendous amount of data this society is consuming now, I just want to uh, add one note that the high-speed data links are needed not only for telecom communications, but also for many, many other industries, including, for example, data center, security imaging and sensors, and, and automotive radars, which, which is a very active areas nowadays also. Uh, therefore, the, the, the relevant consumers and end users, uh, in general citizens, will benefit a lot in uh, economically and environmentally from the development of these cost and energy efficient solutions. But transferring this huge amount of data is also consumes a lot of energy and, and uh, creates a lot of heat. So it is also environmentally important to develop these kind of energy efficient solutions. So the whole um, citizen, I think, uh, consumers will benefit from this. And from a more technology research aspect for European Union, I think the research uh, carried out in Cartera uh, will position uh, European Union as, as the forefront of the field of the terahertz, terabit data link technologies. We should not also forget that the Quartutera is, uh, we have two different demonstrators that we're trying to build. The common denominator for, for these two technologies is really terahertz frequencies, right? That we are trying to, to use the uh, features and, and trying to tame terahertz frequencies and they make uh, useful applications for out of these uh, really high frequencies and the benefit of Terahertz. I mean, if, if we can use terahertz technology, it has a lot of really interesting things we can do with it. I mean, the, this really short wavelengths gives us the possibility to, to make radars uh, with really, really high resolution, as we're trying to do in in the first demonstrator that we are working with here in, in Cartutera. Uh, that would be an in-vehicle uh, sensor trying to see and uh, 
find where where the passenger inside the car is is uh, placed and what that per person is doing if he is uh, uh, breathing or or alive and uh, what is happening during like uh, if we have some kind of collision and so something that is uh, you can you can make your radar with extremely high resolution something that is not possible to do with microwave or millimeter wave frequencies so that is really exciting and i think uh, and the other application as we said i mean that is these for for like quite short uh, interconnects really high capacity short interconnects that would be an alternative alternative and more temperature and the low cost alternative to to optics and the wider bandwidth alternative than uh, compared to classic uh, copper interconnects. So I think, uh, I mean, trying to, to, to understand how we can build terahertz systems is really the, the key here of, of quarter terra. And that is what really will benefit the citizens of, of European Union. We will really, with, with quarter terra, I mean, this is one of, of, of many terahertz projects in the world right now, trying to investigate what we can do with terahertz frequencies. I think this is one of the leading projects and it will really bring European Union in the forefront of, of this uh, technology area. So based on what you are saying, sub-terahertz technologies are being widely studied and researched. And even though Terra is focusing on the automobile, the discoveries and advancements could impact any number of related or even unrelated industries. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really believe that. Uh, and I think, I mean, we, we want to apply for, for the second demonstrator here that we're trying to build the the short, short range interconnect. I mean, that one can be applied both in automotive, in telecom, in, in data centers, in for high performance computing. So the market for, for that kind of technologies is is huge once we have taken it to a sufficiently high maturity level. That is the direction that we are going in for sure. And we will reach that, uh, I think, in the coming five to 10 years. I'm, I'm personally convinced about that. Knowing there's a strong market in this field is like the light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose. Yingyang, maybe you can answer this. As stated earlier, Cartutera is an effort to aid in the design of automated vehicles. And as we have discussed in earlier episodes, this means the project focuses on two specific areas. Number one being a new type of car radar sensor for inside the vehicle. And secondly, short distance, high data rate terahertz over plastic data links for telecommunication. Which one of these is Ericsson focused on? Uh, first of all, uh, you said that car terror is an effort to aid in the design of automotive uh, vehicles. It is correct, but not quite accurate. The more accurate statement is the project aims to develop hardware technologies, more specifically hardware integration platform, which should be applicable to many different systems in various industry areas. Automotive vehicles and telecom are just two typical examples picked up by the project. But the technology to be developed in Cartera should not be limited to these two, 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 two use cases. Uh, talking about Ericsson's focus, I mean, for obvious reasons, Ericsson's focus is on the short-range high-speed data links uh, based on these uh, plastic uh, fibers. 
Uh, and we are talking using, uh, as Jonas mentioned earlier, uh, using terahertz frequencies, and also talking about the speed typically in the uh, above 100 gigabit per second towards terabit per, sec per second data speed. Thanks, Yingyang, for that clarification. CAR2Tera is using the sub-terahertz frequency spectrum, Jonas. Um, where else do we see these kinds of super high frequency communications nowadays? I think we, I think we were into this a little bit earlier, here, Peter, that I mean, I think we can see a, a big need for this in, in many areas, really. Uh, taking, uh, for instance, image processing, where we have uh, in, in uh, graphical processor units, uh, GPUs, uh, connection between uh, if you have multi-core solutions there and uh, how to connect the, the different uh, graphical processors is, uh, is one uh, interesting area for that is, uh, would, be help, would be helpful for this. Uh, inside, uh, uh, inside cars, uh, also sat for satellite uh, communication, I, I'm, there would be also need for this. Uh, uh, and of course, data centers. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, first, of, first of all, let me, let me see what we mean by sub terahertz. Uh, by sub terahertz, we mean frequencies on the spectrum horizon from 100 gigahertz up to, like, see, typically a few hundred gigahertz, seeing uh, 300 gigahertz. Someone might, like, okay, up to 500 gigahertz. Uh, this is really a hot research topic nowadays. Uh, in addition to the wired short range high speed data links we are keeping talking about in this uh, um, podcast in Cartotera, uh, and there are more applications of the sub terahertz in communications. I mean, for example, for the for the uh, this this spectrum is considered right now. And already proposed for involved 5G and even 6G wireless access in mobile communications in the future. So let's see, in about 10 years, it's very, very likely that the mobile phones in our hands probably are using frequency in the sub terahertz or even terahertz bands. Uh, however, using these bands is not new. And traditionally, sub terahertz and terahertz have been used already in, in imaging and sensing applications for security uh, applications and for materials investigations, such as to, 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 to determine the water content and the distribution in the materials, for, for example. So sub-terahertz frequency spectrums have been used in, in various industries for quite some time. Let's focus back a little bit towards automobiles. Just a few years ago, automobiles had minimal built-in communication hardware and sensors, and this is now changing rapidly. Can you give us an idea of how these communication devices and sensors will be used in the future? Uh, first of all, I have to say, I'm not an automobile expert, but I totally agree with you that, that things are happening and are changing very rapidly there as well, like, like a telecom industry. Uh, as, as far as I know, uh, future vehicles, uh, in particular, the, the self-driving cars requires sensing and a radar system that must operate in a co cooperative way 
for both in-car and out-car sensors and radars, covering uh, the whole 360-degree 300, surrounding environment. So, so the short-range high-speed data link devices to be developed in Cloudflare should find their application values there as well to support the coordinated car, car radar systems. For example, if you have uh, sensors and, and uh, various types of sensors and radars surrounding the car, and you need the central processing for, for the images and make decisions there, and then you, you need the link to uh, dynamically transfer the, the, the high-speed data from the radar to the center processing. So that is where devices to be developed in Cloudflare can be found very valuable there. Another aspect is that if you're looking for the future, the automotive industry and the telecom industry, we are moving closer closer to each other. It's actually happening nowadays. It's moving closer closer to each other. Uh, in terms of the tremendous communications that, that we're having with, with the vehicle. In addition to in-car communications, the two industries are nowadays, uh, nowadays working together in R&D to formulate the basis of, for example, for, for wireless remote vehicle control, vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication, what is called V2V, vehicle-to-infrastructure communication, called V2I, and even vehicle-to-everything -to communication, V2X. So this is, this is a very active research area uh, around these two industries. And Ericsson, of course, is a very active uh, player in this field and is, is in active cooperation with the local vehicle companies in Sweden and pursuing carrying out the research and development right now. This is very interesting, the, the narrowing gap between automobiles and communications. Jonas, do you have anything to add? Yeah, maybe, maybe I can just add a few things here. I think, I mean, to have these large number of sensors and devices inside the, the vehicle, it's, it's, a, it's a trend that we see in general now in society that, I mean, we, we are getting access to more and more sensors and, and uh, uh, inside, inside the society. And we, we try to, something that we talk about is uh, now, or a digital twin, right? That you try to build a digital twin uh, in order to both to for, to be able to to monitor the the performance for you, maybe as a driver inside your vehicle, or uh, but also the possibility for to get help and support from from others uh, when you have some problems. And uh, in in order to do that, you need to have as much information as possible to try and make a good picture as possible of of your vehicle or, or of your place that you want to 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 monitor in in the society and really what is driving all of this is really the connectivity that you have the possibility to connect all of these devices and sensors uh, and that is something i mean that is an area where ericsson is extremely active in both for automotive but also the society in itself and uh, to be able to connect a lot of devices and sensors. Uh, that is something that is important both in, in 5G and 5G gives you a lot of tools to, to do that, but also with sixth generation of mobile technology. So it is a general trend uh, 
that we see these, that we will have more and more sensors around us that will help us and, and support us. Okay. So, and as you say, the sensors, yeah, this is fine, but they all have to be connected in some way. And it sounds like this is kind of your your push in exactly. Cartoon Terra. I mean, the connectivity is really, I mean, both connectivity that we can really connect that to them in an energy and, and cost-efficient way. Right. Okay. And when I mentioned these projects to people, to um, citizens of the EU, um, a question that's often asked is, so when do we see the results of what's happening in this project? Or when will this technology become a part of my daily life? And to answer that question, we have to look at something called TRL, um, which is technology readiness level. And it helps to know which technology readiness level you're working in. And it, it goes from a one to nine and one being uh, basic research on a technology. Um, and then as you progress to nine, it's testing, more testing, demonstrations, all the way up to system testing, um, launch and operations, which means it's ready to be marketed or, or sold or used on a, com on a commercial basis. So knowing this, where do you fit in on the TRL um, as far as the work that you're doing in car to terra Yeah, so, so the goal of, of uh, both, both demonstrators in, in car to terra is uh, to pass TRL4. If we can reach TRL5, that would be really good. But uh, the goal is really to pass TRL4, which is a small-scale prototype. I, 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 think, I think Jonas is right. It's, we, we should see above TRL4, exactly whether it's 5 or 6, it's, it's very, very difficult to do exact mapping. But our target is to develop a, a demonstrator system, which I would not call the product prototype yet. But the one thing I want to comment is uh, all the specifications or requirements for the demonstrator uh, are based on system requirement from Ericsson's real product perspective. That is a good thing with the with end user, always in the EU project like Qatar, to have end user like, like Ericsson, where we uh, normally to uh, usually almost always to uh, provide system requirements based on applica real applications. So we are currently not, we are not developing only lab, uh, laboratory uh, results, but want to make the make sure that every technology, method, process developed in this project will be uh, possible to commercialize for, for mass production uh, and also for commercializations. So that is, that, is, that is what is good, I think, with, uh, with Ericsson to be involved in this uh, Cartotero project. Well, marketability is certainly another aspect to throw in the mix. Uh, making everything work together in a way that's efficient as far as costs go and efficient in terms of energy and also marketable, <laughs> that's the challenge. Yeah, uh, I agree. That's, that, that is the point, yeah. Well, thank you, Yingyang and Jonas, for your insights into car to terra This project ends uh, early next year, and I hope we have time to talk again for an update. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thank you. For more information about the Car2Terra project, go to car2terra.eu.
The CAR2 Terra project has received funding from the European Union's Horizon 2020 Research and Innovation Program under grant agreement number 82962.